Testing in progress. Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese. I'm back once again with that damn dirty duck, Matthew Page, and the SoCal Seahawk, Robert English. And before we get to those two guys, those two wonderful human beings, just want to bring up that uh, in the second half of this show, we'll have Richard Michelson and Brian Solak talking a little bit about Sounders. But first, let's talk Seahawks. How's it going, Rob? How's it going, Matt? Going all right. Excellent. Not bad, not bad. With today's we're, with today's news, are you guys thrilled about oh. the prospect of one Geno Smith? Thank you, by the way, Brian Solak, for that question. I'm 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 actually excited to talk the possibilities. Um, and what are those possibilities, Matt? Well, I have I have a bit of a conspiracy theory slash negotiation tactic idea about why this happened. Uh, if you look at the details, it's a four million dollar base. Uh-huh. With incentives up to about seven, that'd be a little expensive for a backup, but not too bad. Too bad considering we wouldn't be paying twenty-eight million or whatever it is that we were paying Russell Wilson. Thirty-three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's my here's my here's my here's my conspiracy theory, and I I hope I'm right because this would be really smart. They signed the, the market for Baker Mayfield is us and nobody else. And they signed, they, they, they just demonstrated to Cleveland that, hey, we're cool going forward with this Gino guy. No worries. It's all good. And we even got this other guy on our, on our Drew Locke on our team. We're fine. We don't, we, maybe we'll draft a quarterback. We don't need, we don't need anyone. Cleveland's stuck. They owe 18 million to Baker. They can't cut him without paying that 18 million. It's going to hit the cell cap no matter what. They need to trade him in order to make all the things work because they're going all in. So we're 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 putting the screws to them by doing this. So either we go into the draft, go, okay, cool, we'll draft a quarterback in the second, third round, whatever, and we'll he'll sit for a year and we'll we'll throw Gino out there and he'll take the hits, no big deal. We're fine. Um, or maybe Cleveland goes, okay, maybe we make it worth your while and we trade you Baker, but we pay three quarters of a salary and we throw in a draft pick. You know, and 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 you go, well, we're listening. We're listening. But I, I don't know. We're still pretty happy with this Gino guy. And I'm not certain that's a conspiracy theory, but I mean, it's a interesting theory. Rob, what do you think? I hope I hope that's the case. Uh, this the sign, signing Gino Smith to me sounds like um it sounds like uh, what, what is what is that a concession that the next year to two years, at least the next year, is going to be that we're we're not we're not looking to win. Um, I, I I don't see this as 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 a move that's going to propel the Seahawks into any any form or shape of of uh, competitiveness in, in in the league. Certainly not in the division. Or I should say the division, certainly not the league. So um, I, I, I don't hate the move because I don't think that Gino is the worst option. Um, but I, I look at it as I look at it as probably, you know, OK, we're just going to go with Gino, as as uh, as you said, and and um, and we'll just get through it for the next year or two. And then we'll see what we can find in the future. That's what I look at it as. So I. Not happy. I'm not ha- like. I look at his stats and okay, 68% last year completion percentage. That sounds interesting. Five to one TD to interception ratio sounds interesting. But then my eyeballs, as I was watching the Pittsburgh Steeler game told me this guy can't win at this level. He's not a, he's not a conventional like franchise quarterback or anything like that, but he's a fine what was, what was the word like a steward of the position he's a you know he's a journey he'd be a journeyman caliber you'd be you get out of him what you would get if you had ryan fitzgerald fitzgerald fitzpatrick come through no I you know ryan fitzpatrick um i i think i think quarterback well no i i i disagree i think i think the reality is i think he did an amazing job considering he was the backup and he was limited in his in his in his reps with the first team he didn't really have a chance to kind of get in a rhythm and Till later, and I think if you go on around the league and you look at the you you talk to the talent evaluators around the league, I think they will have an overall very positive thing to things to say about Gino 
considering the situation he was in. Now, if you go into camp and he's your starter and you get all the whole camp going with him and you get the offense in sync with him and you get him going, I think he's going to look a lot better than he did to your eyes. Did, did, did he, he went one and three, right? Yeah. And his yards. Our team is terrible. We didn't have a running back. I don't know. Like we, it was the same. We haven't had an offensive line in a decade. That Russell Wilson went twelve and four with a year before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a terrible team. Fine. But I it wasn't the same. I grant you, the same I team grant you that, that went twelve and four. A gigantic ch- chasm between that guy. You know the one who's. In oh, I'm not now. saying he's Russell Wilson. There's. He's not like, even. He's not even. There's usable. only Russell Wilson. There's only one Russell Wilson. He's not even usable. Fitzpatrick at least took teams to the to to the playoffs. We don't go to the playoffs. Uh, those were Smith. those were playoff caliber teams. We it didn't have matter. one of those it, last year. It doesn't matter. I mean, the, the one in three and that one win was against Jacksonville. Who can't even get out of their own way. Geno Smith is not. The, he can't be the starter. Like I, I refuse to accept that. That can't be the case. I, I so almost, then Drew Locke. I almost don't. I almost don't blame the Pittsburgh loss on Geno. I mean, because he actually gave us a fighting chance in that game. And then, oh, what's his name? Uh, Watt. Came behind and knocked the ball out of his hand on 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 a, on a great play, um, and I mean we it looked like if, if that play hadn't happened, I was confident that Gino was going to take us on the field and win that game. I really was, mm. and then that play happened Mm-mm. because Mm-mm. we haven't had an offensive line in a decade. No, 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 no. That that's lack of pocket presence is what that is, and that's why the ball got stripped out of his hands. Oh, I don't know. No. I, I, I'm not saying the guy it's... was out there playing lights out, but I, but I do, I do, I was so confident at that moment when that ball got knocked out of his hand from behind. I thought we were going to win that game. I really did. When you have the 29th ranked offensive line, and you have TJ Watt rushing against it, yeah, and it, you have no one who matter. blocks him at all, again, stuff you know, like that happens. Same offensive line that uh, it would Russell, happen to Russell Wilson too. No, Russell Wilson went 12 and four with that same. He gets sacked line. instead. He, he might have held onto the ball. He gets sacked four with that same team essentially. No, he didn't. That was a different team. How? Who was different? Tell me who. I'd like to hear who. Was Do you different. want you want me to go down the list who was, and identify the? Who was like, the difference maker? Who was the difference maker in twenty? 20 versus 2021 that we lost. I think the line was the same. It was the exact the line same was... line, Matt yeah. Page. The <laughs> offensive line was, yeah, it's still a piece it was of crap. It the same yeah. running backs. It was the same receivers. Like, they, yeah. they were... <laughs> I I, it, I I don't know what you're talking about. Like, Gino Smith... I'm not saying... I'm saying it. they did not have... Tons of things went that broke their way out of luck in that 12-4 to four season. 12-4 and four season. Uh, a better. They did not have that. A better quarterback wins that game. Who was the? What was the other game? A better quarterback wins every game. I'm uh, not saying he's. I'm not saying he's yeah, a franchise quarterback. Fitz, I'm saying Fitzpatrick's a better quarterback. Uh, we got to move on. We got to move on. I mean, <sighs> enough of you being wrong, Matt. The, oh, okay. Okay. There's only like the internet can only handle so much of you being wrong about this particular thing. Uh, okay. Break, <laughs> break break so the internet. All right. <laughs> well, then what about? Okay. Well, then do we go for Baker Mayfield or not? No, I like yes. that idea. I love that idea. It's it's yeah. great. There there's you know there's an article on seattlesportsunion.com that covers uh, a projected path uh, through the off season that I thought was a fairly decent uh, plan myself uh, very, for the off season. It's a very good article, and that guy sounds a lot like smarter than you, Matt. He uh, does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wonder who that writer was. Um, anyway, yeah. let's move on. <laughs> the NFL draft is two weeks away. What yeah. do we do? What's our priorities? Do we trade up, trade down? Let me start with Rob this time. Oh man. Tough, tough one here. Uh, you know, look, if we're not going to get Baker, then I want to see us. I want to see us take a quarterback with our first pick. I really do. I really do. And, and I like, the young brother out of, I can't remember what school he goes to Malik, Malik, uh, what's Liberty college Willis out of Liberty. I like him. I know, I know that people think that he's just a, you know, he's just a gadget quarterback, you know, in a, from a small school that he wouldn't be able to perform when he gets into the league. But I don't, what I don't, if we go out and get a quarterback who's a pocket passer, we're going to die. Like we have to have a we have to have a, a guy who's able to move around back there. I think, and I, frankly, it's the future of the league. Uh, the guy can throw the ball, um, and 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 he and he's dangerous with his feet. I I think we have to keep that ball rolling. It, it, we've shown that the best we're going to give 
to the offensive front in Seattle is to try and piecemeal. We, 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 we have not really put down any big money on it unless we're going to plan, plan on doing that this year. But I, I, I have to, that, that remains to be seen, but we're going to piecemeal and do just enough to, to give, to give a quarterback who can run around back there enough time to, to run for his life and get the ball downfield. And if that's what we're going to continue to do. Plus run the ball and play strong defense. Like Pete Carroll says, then get the guy who can move. And I like him. Matt, which shyster televangelist runs Liberty college again? Is it the Robertsons? It might be. Anyway, um, all right. Yeah, it's, you... it's a it's a sham college, but anyway, well, I'll let you respond to Rob on Rob. Okay, Rob so um, I agree. I agree. If 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 we do, if we're not going to change our offensive line methodology. methodology there we go. Or um, mytho- or mythology. Or mythology, because <laughs> uh, it's basically the quality. There's a myth right it, now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just like myths, it isn't real. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really exist. It's good on paper, but you can run right through that paper. Um, if we're if we're not, yeah, then we we would need a mobile quarterback. I absolutely agree. There are benefits, I would say, though, to not always following what the rest of the league is doing and going the the opposite direction. You know, finding the market inefficiencies, finding this the the pocket passer who who can stand in there and, and, and building a wall in front of him might actually be more successful to Falwell. Sorry, Jerry Falwell. That's that. Thank you, Brian, um, who run Liberty, but <laughs> uh, there might be a benefit to, to getting a, 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 a you know, a, a stable pocket passer. There is a concern on a lot of the mock drafts I've been seeing at number six, overall Carolina Panthers are projected to take your boy Willis. Um, they're, they apparently are very high and, and, and love him and would make him the number one quarterback pick taken this, this year. So at number nine, he may not be on the board. Um, yeah, I, I, I've heard that as well, that, that Willis is going a lot earlier than, uh, we're going to get, but I mean, I, I really warn against taking lesser value at a position as high as number nine. I actually would rather trade back. And, you know, try to trade into the teens or to the twenties for two, for two draft picks, whatever the right value is for that. You know, there's a little chart that NFL teams have like and Jimmy everyone, Johnson drew it up yeah, a long time ago exactly. and everyone, everyone swears by it. Cause it, it makes total sense. There's a mathematical value for every pick. Yeah. Until the Seahawks trade three first rounders for. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but um, no. Anyway, so, let me get back to Let me get back to uh, So I, you, you advocate for trading now. I advocate for trading down. Nine's kind of a trap because I I don't want to be the Cleveland Browns. And every year we have a top 10 pick, and every year we select a quarterback. <laughs> um, Russell Wilson was third-round pick, you know. Um, Tom Brady, sixth-round pick. Um, I feel like you're almost just as – you're just as easy getting a franchise quarterback not in the first round as you are in the first round, you know, so. Well, I, that might be a stretch. I think, I no, think the Tom think Brady's he- in the – Wilson's are diamonds in the rough, right? I mean, how many, how many, how many great quarterbacks went late in draft, or even went out, out, went later than the second round? A lot of them. I mean, you're you're looking at, you're looking at, uh, uh, again, I say value for your pick, and I don't think right. Willis is a number nine value. He's a reach at nine. He's a reach, in my opinion. He's yeah, a di- so, he's your so diamond. Will- he's your diamond in the rough that you're talking about. So his value is second or third round. If I, yeah, if he's available at pick 41, 40 or 41, which are second round picks, they're early in the second round for the Seahawks. If he's available, then I would not complain. Yeah. Or if he's even available like 25, you know, if we were to trade down and acquire picks or uh, trade up from the second round or trade up from the second round. Yeah, I would do that. But um, I've seen, I've seen some overall. Yeah. I've seen some, I've seen some mock drafts that have us potentially trade using, maybe using one of those second rounders and trading up into the, like the last pick of the first round and getting whatever quarterback happens to still be there. Maybe, you know, like Desmond Ritter from, from Cincinnati uh, is a possibility. And and I, and that particular move, if he was available in the second round or is available the last pick of the first round, we tried him and got him. I, he's a project. He's, he's got some rough edges. I wouldn't mind that so much. Um, at nine, I think, I think, I think we should stay there. And I think we should just simply take best available. Uh, because there's so. going to be some really good offensive line, uh, defensive linemen. There's going to be some really good offensive linemen, and there's going to be uh, oh, the shutdown corner from Cincinnati is going to be available. Maybe, maybe Gardner uh, might follow us. Yeah, Juice, uh, Juice might be available. 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be – it'll be interesting to see wh- who well, falls. Hell, hell, offensive line, uh, they say Alabama's Ryan Neal. Offensive tackle should be available. Neal might be available. Um, there's uh, Drake London, the top wide receiver on the board. We'll, we'll probably be going right around there, be available. Uh, you know, there's – I don't know if we really, really – I mean, then we could trade DK, you know. Rob, what do you, um, Rob, what do you like about this Willis guy? Because I – I bristle when I look at um, when when I look at a mid. I they call it mid 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 major for basketball, but so I'll use that terminology for football. Um, quarterback, small college, man who does it all. Um, I mean, carries the team really. Yeah, I mean that, that's not to say like quarterbacks can't do it. Steve McNair went to Alcorn State. That's FCS. Um, right. But what? Everybody talks him, but I never once saw a game with with uh, this Willis guy. So well, I, I'll be, yeah, I'll be fair. I I I never watched like watched him play live. I've only I started hearing about him, so I went and checked him out. And I and I just the way the way he is, I want to say he the way he is in the pocket because you know he's a, he's a mobile guy. But I feel like he when I watch him play, I see an awareness. Uh, I, I see an ability to see the, the the danger coming and and get out of there, but also able to deliver the ball. Not. Not terribly different than than um, help me guys, uh, Baltimore, um, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Lamar, thank you, Lamar Jackson. Not terribly different than Lamar Jackson. Like might be a little too quick to run, but when he throws, the guy's got an arm and he's and he's accurate. Um, I you know and and maybe you know there's there's more to be more to be learned about this guy, but I I just feel like we can't we can't change our offensive philosophy that drastically in Seattle because we don't have the, uh, the rest of the personnel to, to, to allow for it. So you've got to get a guy who can get the hell out of there when it breaks down because it's going to break down. I feel like and, there's and, almost a false narrative though. People think that Russell Wilson, you know, ran, he only ran on scrambles. He never that off. He didn't that often run on designed plays. Oh, absolutely. C- certainly after his probably first or second year, that really went away. But it was the threat of him to run, especially his first couple of years. I mean, if Russell took off, he I mean, it was nothing for Russell to break 25, 30 yards on a, on a, on a broken play or a scramble or whatever. You know, I mean, he would I think most of his biggest runs were not designed runs, you know. So, um, you know, but it, it, the, the threat of him taking off with that football, Marshawn Lynch wouldn't have gotten wouldn't have been nearly as effective for us if it if that read option didn't have Russell Wilson on the other end of it. You know, so, um, you know, I, I think that that just it just seems to be that that's the team what, that we are. We've got to have a, a bit of a dual threat running the football behind uh, behind, you know, uh, under, uh, behind center. Um, and along with that, have a, a good possession receiver and a guy who can take the top off, take the top off. And, and that completes our offense. Now, <laughs> what we really complete the offense is a good offensive line, but I don't know if we're going to get that. Uh, yeah. Uh, just going back a couple <laughs> subjects here. It sounds like none of us are that thrilled about Drew Locke. No, not really. I mean, I have, I I've gone back uh, 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 the last couple weeks. I've gone back and I've looked at his footage from pre-draft, you know, and, and why, why he got drafted so high. And I, you know, there, there was a hell of an athlete there. There was a great, there was a great quarterback potential there. He kind of got misused a bit in Denver. Um, but I don't, he never really stepped up when he was given the opportunity in Denver. I'm not. I remember when he got to Denver, I forget the name of the coach. He was too short for Denver, <laughs> but no, the coach that was there said, this guy can't, he can't read a playbook. That's, that's a thing. That's in this. This is what I'm looping back into this Willis guy is uh, what do we know outside of some clips? I mean, I I've been reading some of the pundits and they're all over the map on this guy. Nobody seems to know what he is because you know, what if this guy is just another Drew Locke? What if he's just some exceptional athlete that can't make NFL, you know. Can't make the intellectual the, jump? Can't make the, yeah, can't make the playbook work, you know, maybe. that's. I mean, that's what that's what truly made Russell Wilson Russell is because his, his ability to study, you know, he'd, he'd, make a, he'd, he'd make a miss, he'd miss a throw and he'd go sit down and, and study. He'd go look at the book and go, okay, why, what didn't I see there? Why didn't I, why didn't I do that? Why, why, you know, what happened there? And he'd apply that knowledge going forward. You, you don't, that's not, that's not as common as you think it, it should be, but it, that you need that intensity and that, that willingness to really hit the books as hard in, in the pros as you do, as you have in the, in college and finding that is, is rare. That's why Russell 
you know, you find out later on there was a lot of teams that wanted him. When, right. I, when I think when I think about Drew Locke, I think this, and I and I got into a some argument on the interwebs. I don't know, remember what what uh, what uh, Wait, there's arguments I, on the interwebs. Oh yeah, all kinds, all kinds. I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll share a couple with you. <laughs> but, I um, assume they all go like this. Somebody says Seahawks suck, and you go, No, you suck. <laughs> Where's your house? I'm going to come get you. How dare you? I'm in there and right At now. some point, it turns racist or, you yeah. know, whatever. <laughs> don't play the race card. You don't like the Seahawks because you're racist. <laughs> no, I, I look at Drew Locke like this. The one time that he actually won the starting job, he won the starting job as the better bum out of a total of three bums, and he and he won the job. The other, t- the other times that The other times that he was in the running, he lost out to an old – um joe flacco and teddy two gloves so um with with that with that track record i'm not i don't want that guy as my starting quarterback if you lose out to the old joe flacco teddy bridgewater and you know and then you only time you ever got it was because because two other guys you were running up against just had no business probably even on the roster um yeah i'm not with that i'd rather see baker mayfield on the team i don't care for your slandering of teddy two gloves i think he's amazing <laughs> i don't hate teddy but he's just not that good he just isn't Thank you, he just isn't yeah, I think he's better than Geno Smith. Uh, but anyway, maybe not post. Maybe not post injury. Whole show about that conversation. Maybe not post injury. I think pre injury he was a a starter in this league. Um, after his injury, yeah, so. his injury really really hurt him. Yeah, um, his long term potential. All right, next question here. Uh, DK Metcalf should have been traded <laughs> oh. to the Jets. Yep, Matt. This is what Matt wrote. I'm reading it verbatim here. Okay. Yeah, Rob, come fight me. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I wrote, but okay. Oh, oh okay. That's, that's 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 the gist <laughs> of what I meant. Yeah. So I just want to say before you before you start, I I just I love the way the question was written. Like, tell, and and why is Rob wrong? <laughs> that's great. So go ahead. Uh, okay. Well, some so I'll provide the context for for our listeners. Um, there is a rumor and I still haven't been able to substantiate whether or not it was hundred percent true or not. Um, but there was a rumor, something to the effect that the New York jets are desperate for a, a big play, big receiver. And they made an offer to us of our original, the, 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 the first round draft pick that we traded to them for, uh, Jamal Adams, uh, to give, give it back to us for DK Metcalf. And uh, to your point about the rumor, so if it came from field goals, it's probably true. And if it came it's, from Pete Carroll's mouth, it's probably a lie. Well, see that, <laughs> where did it come? Where did it originate from? That's exactly. the question. Exactly. Do you know? I have no idea. I've yeah. heard the same. So it's, take it with a grain of salt, you know, assume that it, it maybe, maybe it isn't, isn't real at all. Cause giving up a first round pick is never something that any team does easily. Um, so- before, doesn't matter where in the first round it's okay. it's valuable before we get rebuttal from rob english i just want to throw this out there um the, the the rumors are to keep metcalf you're looking at five years 100 million 120 million somewhere in there 20 20 million ish is is the ballpark yeah for a year uh, of of this man's services um I was absolutely wondering if I'm John Schneider and I get that call from phone call from the, uh, the jets GM, I'm wondering how fast I can sign this, this, this document saying that I'll do this trade before like they come to their senses. All right, Matt, let's give Rob a chance to respond. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it in the least bit, uh, assuming there is any truth to it at all. Um, you know, the, the word fire, fire sale was thrown about a little bit, you know, with the trade of Russell and the, and the, and the, you know, releasing of Bobby, um, you know, but I mean, you can't even argue with it. If you're going to let DK go, uh, a young up and coming receiver who has shown despite his, you know, might have a little bit of a attitude problem or, you know, maybe a little bit of a, whatever, you know, little thing he has going on. He has shown, excuse me, that, that he can be absolutely great i mean he can be an x factor in this league for the seattle seahawks if you're going to bring a, a quarterback up to the starting to the starting level who either is a backup or someone or a rookie or whatever the case may be a a, a less than russell wilson level quarterback he's going to need great receivers to throw the ball to if you let dk go and we're left now with just tyler lockett and 
and the rest. Uh, I, I mean, you, I mean, are, are we not just are we not trying to fight the fight with our with our, our arm behind our back or setting our quarterback up for failure? I mean, give the guy some targets. Um, you, you have you have Lockett able to 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 get open in the middle of the field, and and as I said before, Metcalf able to take the top off. You're going to give that quarterback options, and I, I think if you let him go, whoever we put under center is going to be hamstrung. Um, now, prior, maybe 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 a month ago, maybe a little more than a month ago, I would have said there's no chance in hell that we tr- that we let DK Metcalf off of this roster. But then Russell Wilson happened, and so now I don't know anything anymore. So uh, <laughs> so who knows? But I would be very upset to, to learn that it was true. So who's who's a better receiver, Lockett or Metcalf? Lockett. Uh, you know 1, what? Thousand percent. It's not even close. Hang on, hang on. That question was more aimed at Rob. I know. I know. That's that's my answer. <laughs> I, I I feel like you're setting me up. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna no. Take yeah. Your bait. Okay. I, no, I am setting you up. You're right. Yeah. You've known <laughs> me. <long enough>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take the bait. I'm gonna take the bait here. <clears throat> and and the obvious answer is gonna be Lockett, but I feel like Lockett has a little bit a little bit of a there's a feel good nature to saying that Lockett is the better receiver. He's been there. He's been great. He's been consistent. He's done all the things you could ever ask for from a undersized player at such a, such a high value position um, for our team. However, he doesn't have the speed of Tyler Lockett. I'm sorry, of DK Metcalf. He doesn't have the size of DK Metcalf. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the big play potential, not saying he doesn't make big plays, but not the big play potential of DK Metcalf. Now, it's obvious we've seen over and over again that who makes the, who has made the most um, the, the, the most uh, uh, you know clutch plays since DK's been on the roster. It's been Tyler Lockett. He's been he's made the most clutch plays. But as far as potential, he's not Lockett can't make the plays that DK can potentially make, and DK is only going to get better. Okay, uh, let, let's let's go with that. Uh, I know Matt disagrees, but I want to go along these lines because it was a setup. I was. The next question is, does, does it make sense for Lock, for Lockett to make $10 million and for DK Metcalf to make $20 million? And if you look at production numbers, just numbers, I realize it's just stats, but um, they're roughly about, production-wise, going to do about the same thing. Production-wise, they, yeah, they, they pretty much have broke even. For the most part, I think Lockett exceeded a little bit. DK is a little higher on the touchdowns, but yeah, Lockett's how better on, on the... Sorry, this was another Rob question. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> throwing in my thoughts. It's your turn, man. <laughs> Let uh, me know the, when you're talking to me again. <laughs> does it make sense? Uh, that, I mean, that, that's a loaded question. I feel no, like, I feel no, like no, I'm, it's not loaded. It, like it's I'm, not I'm like I'm running for office. This is I'm like I'm running for office right now. Answer um, the question. <laughs> no, this is not a loaded question. It's just a... This is a... This is, this is a money question. It's a, it's a, do you pay one person twice as much as this other guy um, for the same production? I mean, it, it, it's, the answer could be yes. The answer could be yes. It's like, you know, well. I, I think the answer indeed could be yes. If you think uh, that Lockett is going to decline and uh, Metcalf's going to ascend, then the answer could fit it, that narrative. It, and, and you took the words out of my mouth. I, I feel like if anything... Tyler Lockett, if he's not level, he's on the downslide. I mean, you, you, we, we have seen Tyler Lockett be the most, the most dynamic player on the field. He's no longer that. When, when, he, when we first signed Tyler Lockett, they couldn't touch that dude. He broke his leg, and he hasn't really been the same after that. Now, he's still been – he's a great route runner. He has, his release is great. He has great hands. You know, but, but if you're going to call him anything, whether he's ascending, if he's flat, or if he's descending – at very best, he's flat right now. And and uh, DK Metcalf still has all of the physical attributes, all the physical ability, and he is learning the game still. One can only assume. Uh, so, yes, in that in that light, I would say, I don't know about double. I, I, I have a hard time saying double, even though that's what it would be. So I have a hard time really signing on and co-signing the double. But make more? Yeah, I could totally see that. Absolutely. Well, you're wrong. Uh, the- <laughs> can, can I, can I, can I finally offer some input here? Yeah, go for yes. it. Yes. Okay. 
So here, here, here's, here's the rough deal. DK is a younger, is a younger talent. He's very incredibly fast and, and is the fastest guy on the field. He's proven that with that run chase down. What was a Buddha Baker that he chased down um, against the Cardinals that one year. That was amazing. Um, he's a physical freak athlete. He is amazing. However, he can run like three routes. He doesn't have much going on in the in the head, and the reality is is that he's not a good support system for a young quarterback. You need you need a young for a young quarterback. You need you need Tyler Lockett. You need you need a guy who can do anything and be anywhere and be a safety possessions receiver, and 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 you know cradle that ball you know like it's it's worth it's weight in gold. You need you need that dude who they can rely upon. DK is absolutely not that guy. And but, and you can replace him. He's like a he's like a closer in baseball. You can manufacture these really fast receivers and then trade them for value. I have no problem last, with that. Last week we can, we can, we can one, trade Rob. him. We can draft a guy in the fourth round to replace him. I would have no problems whatsoever. Okay, last word on this one, Rob. Yeah, I have to uh, respectfully, maybe even disrespectfully disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no freaking way, dude. Listen, you, you, DK Metcalf is a freak. You're not going to, you don't find a freak every 15 minutes. That, that, that Now look, if you let DK Metcalf go, Tyler Lockett now is the focus. He's not Tyler Lockett. So part of why he's been able, he's able to do what he does is because there's other guys on the field. If you're keying on him, they're, you're going to take him away. That, that that's part of that's part of the equation I, I, i'm not taking anything and, and part of your answer uh I, I feel like you're 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 assuming that we can't keep both i think more of the question is, is, is if you're going to pay who's going to get more or whatever well no it's 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 under the hypothesis or the hypothetical that people want to trade for dk right so and if we're if, offering us a first round pick i say absolutely if you let go of dk tyler lockett will, will tyler lockett will be like oh what happened to tyler lockett so, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about DK Metcalf comparing him to, to Megatron into the great receivers of this league. And, and, and it were like, like, wait, the conversation never did. was had. Hold on. <laughs> the conversation was had. You may not agree with it, but the, the conversations were out there about his production in a short period of time. The only players who were even close was Megatron and I think one other player. So um, uh, we, we've already compared him to the best receivers ever to play this game like I'm, you let him go if you, you you trade dk metcalf to new york and he goes out there and takes that team to 12 wins and i'll be mad at everybody he's the it's the jets they're gonna lose 12 games and he's gonna and <laughs> all he's gonna right okay, okay 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 uh yeah i'm i'm more on um matt's side it's a matter of trading hold on one second well, I'm, let me reduce it to economics it's more matter of getting the most out of a high value thing at its peak value Right yeah, now, he's not. worth the most he's ever going to be worth to us. That, that, but that's is... what we did with Russell Wilson, though. We got him at, at peak value because we got all that we would be able to get out of him, plus still got a very high value out of him. That's not the same thing with DK. DK is still – he's not even at his prime yet. Like, let's, get, let's, let's at least get a few years of him at his prime and then sell him high. Like, we haven't even got to the, what he can be yet for our team. All right. So, You've seen his peak. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> – I'll um, see you in the parking lot. <laughs> <All right>. Speaking <laughs> of which, three o'clock by the bike racks. Speaking <laughs> of which, uh, yes, we need to switch on over from football to a different type of football. But I would like to get. I'd like uh, Rob. If you would you like to give a uh, shout out to where people can find you, and uh, if there's a person you might want to give a shout to, uh, feel free sure. to. Sure. As we as we're uh, getting closer to the draft, uh, we are going to get short yardage rolling again. Uh, it can be found on Podbean and on Spotify. Um, uh, and, and my shout out, shout out, uh, is actually to myself and oh, to my significant other. Uh, okay, it, that's it, fine. It's not that's as fine. arrogant as it sounds. Okay. It's not as arrogant <laughs> as it sounds. Uh, but after after 10 years of relationship and two beautiful daughters, uh, I did finally pop the question a couple weeks ago. Hey! And that, yeah. Right and on. So we all, I assume so, she said yes. Yeah, yeah, well, I kind of, I kind of had her by the short and curlies, right? What was you going to say? No, mm. at this point, you know what I mean. So, uh, <laughs> that's the caveman. Congrats, Rob. Congrats. That's the caveman. She finally got you trained. Congrats. Congrats. <laughs> she just needs to work on the on the the water carrying up into the apartment. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, please you know don't maybe, carry. Maybe we'll, maybe 
mess around and have a son, I'll make him carry it. <laughs> please don't carry go. her th across the threshold. That's what yes. we need. To yeah, please, please don't. <laughs> All right, Matt. Congratulations, Rob. man. That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations, Rob. Yes, uh, Matt, Rob. Congrats. Uh, we're going to have you sign off. And incoming, you might have heard them, are Richard the Ram Michelson and Brian the Soul Man Solak. How's it going, Rich and R Brian? Doing well. How's it going with you, Rich? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm loving hearing um, the Matt's insane takes that uh, you can just manufacture effective receivers in the NFL. <laughs> That's not insane. I'm going to dip Matt's uh, not on the line right now, but like I'm going to defend him on that one. You can, you can invent receivers and receivers are, there's a ton of them. Uh, Brian even mentioned this. Uh, there's a ton of receivers in this draft. I mean, it, it's, you can find another one, but we're not well, here to talk about that. We're here. We brought okay. you on to talk about the Seattle Sounders. All right. So everybody uh, out there, if you haven't been paying attention, the Sounders in one of those weird tournaments again. Um, but this one actually matters, I believe. Uh, it's called the CONCACAF Champions League. It's where they take all the best uh, Central American. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rich. All the best Central American teams and all the best mm -hmm. MLS teams. And they play in a tournament for kind of like a Super Cup uh type of type of thing and the sounders just advanced to the finals um all of those things are correct it's north and north america central america and caribbean the caribbean that's oh, caribbean hence Concacaf. and i, I don't remember I what the whole acronym is but i believe it's actually caribbean oh well because yes that billy you, you ocean, might be right because that billy ocean song <laughs> caribbean queen it's he doesn't sing caribbean queen it's caribbean queen Anyway, uh, so yes, we brought you in, Rich, to talk a little bit about this. Uh, Brian's got some questions queued up. I know what I do. Yeah, no problem. Sounds Brian, great. You um, go first or? Do you want to? Can I interrupt? Can I? Or, uh, can I? Can I interrupt before you give a summary? I was actually. Yeah. No, actually, I was about to ask Brian if he wants to ask a question. I I, I do. I want to interrupt <laughs> too. Though. I do apologize. You can't interrupt. I was you. telling you to ask him a question. <laughs> That's not interrupting. <laughs> That's doing uh, the thing I asked. <laughs> <laughs> what what what's before we talk about what's going on with the Sounders? They're two two, and they have one draw, and they're in eleventh place. What the hell is going on in Seattle, Rich? Tell us what's going on. You're, you're talking about the um, regular season, right? Yeah, yeah, so, in the regular season. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. They they have two losses by one a, a grand score of one to nothing, two one to nothing losses. One in the first uh, first match of the season after they had already played um, uh, two kind of arduous uh, games in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, they basically played the team last year that was the best defensive team in Major League Soccer um, and just couldn't manufacture anything. Remember that there, uh, there were a bunch of injuries early in the season and um, our, our big star free agent signing, Albert Rusnak, um, he, uh, really hadn't, you know, settled in and, and, and gotten, um, you know, the, the chemistry that you need, uh, from a top player in a key position. I don't understand that. Yet. Let, let, let's talk about that. I don't understand that because I've watched Rustek in four or five games now and mm -hmm. he's not there, but what I thought he brought from rails, uh, Salt Lake was that he was a chemistry guy. Um, well, first of all, he was the star in, in, in Salt Lake yeah, along with Cryolac. Yeah, he tied that whole team together, right? Well, um, yeah. I mean, he he was the key offensive star. But you remember here in Seattle, I mean, if you want to go down the, down the list of offensive stars, at the top it's Rui Diaz, Ladero, Jordan, Morris. Right now, Christian Roldan is playing absolutely out of his mind um, at right uh, right midfield, right wing. Um, and you, I mean, and so Rusnak's been, been playing, um, kind of a do everything role, um, connecting, um, Jal Paulo, who plays defensive midfield, think Ozzy Alonso and days of yore, um, with the attacking, um, you know, the attacking quartet up there that's, that's been scoring all the goals and, and getting all the assists. So, um, yeah, I mean, Rusnak specifically, I mean, all the all the news reports are asking, you know, why isn't he scoring whatnot? And, and, and he did score in the last league game on a really beautifully worked um, piece of movement uh, combination with Jordan Morris and, and then Rusnak. 
and and Morris draws the attention of the defense and Rusnak sneaks in behind um, like uh, in, in, in a in a big mess in the in the middle of the box and Morris just dinks the ball to him and he buries it in the back of the net for the the first goal for the Sounders, but um, I mean they they had two one goal losses and then they've won two league games and they have a draw. Um, in the meantime, they've been pounding the crap out of the best teams in the region. Uh, they're three Oh and three. So three wins and three draws and no losses um, in the champions league. And the most uh, goals they've given up in um, at any point in the champions league is one goal um, in each game. So um, nothing's wrong with the Sounders. Okay. I, I, I don't understand the three. Oh, you, you said they're three and no, but. When three zero oh, and three, so they've played six matches. They've won three. They've they've drawn. They've tied three. What, what, I, I understand that when I look online, though, it mm-hmm. says two and two no, and Rich, one draw. Rich is and... talking about. Uh, he's not talking about league play. So oh. there's yeah, there's two different competitions. So the Sounders have played six matches that don't count in the league standings. They've okay. only played five league matches to this point. Um. And um, they, they've also played a very, very strong strength of schedule. They've played n- nobody on their schedule has been a, a weak team, um, either from last year's standings or this year's standings. So well, their opening um, they, game they, is against Nashville. The, who, what's who, that? Their opening game is against Nashville, who's projected to be in the cup this year, right? I mean, Nashville is going to be one of the top three or four contenders probably in the West for the um, – for the lead in the West, I mean, they have, they have a great defense and enough offense to 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 get things along. Um, and so, I mean, I I would I would be very. Um, I mean, losing to them is no is no Let, is nothing to be ashamed of. Let's go back to Concacaf. Uh, why should mm-hmm. why should people get excited about this? I know you've said it on this show before, but for anybody that's listening that's new, um, why is this a big deal? Um, because soccer is a different sport, and in soccer, uh, these other competitions that get you trophies matter. Um, more importantly, this tournament is the gateway to an additional tournament called the Club World Cup. The Club World Cup um, pits. Um, That's like your Manchester it, it, Uniteds and your Barcelona. Yeah, so. So each of the regions has a Champions League. So Asia has one, Europe has one, Africa, um, and uh, the United States. And then um, I don't think that Oceania really has one. But um, basically all these teams go to a tournament and then there's a host. Um, the host country has their um, champion of their, their, their top league entered as well. And they play a... Um, a knockout tournament with um, usually the South American and the European champions being the top two seats. They get a first round by and then, then, so it's just a, you know, 16 tournament and um, the winner gets the club world cup and they, they get this really cool badge they wear on their uniforms for the next year. And um, if you, if you've ever seen national team play and, and whoever is the current world cup holder, they also have a similar badge with the world cup trophy emblazoned someplace on their on their jersey so i don't think the sounders have any chance of winning that tournament if they were to get to it but um going to like the top club tournament in the world it's pretty cool okay well here here i have a like maybe a three-part question i guess um okay <clears throat> they're playing the pumas yes. in the, i guess in the finale but what i read online was it's leg one leg two and I mean, who, mm-hmm. who the heck are the Pumas? Are they the, the tennis shoes that we all wear? How do they get that, <laughs> I, I they get that Puma, name? Yeah, and I thought Pumas had four legs. Why are we only playing two legs? <laughs> okay, great question. So um, in Champions League uh, for CONCACAF, um, when you get to the, to the knockout rounds, um, you play a home-and-home home series. So part one and part two. Um. And the winner is the team that has the most goals at the end of two full matches. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, I think it's very fair. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know. Uh, You send the university of Washington, they have to play, you know, Ohio state um, at home and, you know, at the, at the, at the horseshoe. Right. And they lose by four points. You say, Oh, well, Ohio state was clearly the better team. Well, I mean, Ohio state was playing at home. 
and they won by four points. I don't know that that, that you'd say that they were, they were clearly better, right? From a money standpoint, um, from but a if, money standpoint, it's fair too because each team has a chance yeah. to to sell tickets to that game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, uh, especially the the um, when you go to Mexico, a lot of the Mexican um, teams are up on the Mexican plateau. And so they have elevations that ranging from 3,000 to 7,000 feet above sea level. It's really a huge home field advantage. Um, at the same time, I mean, the Sounders opened up ticket sales for their um, home leg, which is going to be the second of the two. And I mean, depending on how full the stadium can get, you get, you know, 50, 60,000 people yelling and screaming at a, at a Mexican soccer team. I mean, I don't care that it's at, at sea level. That's a, that's an advantage. So um, they've determined in, in, in most Champions League, you either play one match at a neutral site or you play a home-and-home um, home series. So, Brian, also uh, there'll be fewer home runs because we have that heavy marine layer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I still don't understand. What if Sounders win game one, three to nothing, they lose it game two, two to one? Do each team win a, oh. an award or what? No, no. So it's it's total goals. Okay. Um, so uh, you can you know win the first one six to nothing and lose the second one six to nothing and then you're tied and you go to extra time. And well, I thought tiebreakers were road goals. They are. So this this is where it gets complicated and I in my opinion stupid. Um, but basically, if you if you score a goal on the road, if there is a tie after the two matches are complete. And um, so let's just say it's it's four to four. Then then the next thing they do, the next tiebreaker after total goals is road goals. And whoever has the most road goals would win. Is that fair in soccer? I mean, for someone who's trying to learn the game, it was it was a rule that was instituted in a different era that had different rules. It was before. I'm going to get really into the weeds on this guy. Sorry. So way back when in soccer, you could kick the ball to the goalie and the goalie could pick up the ball. That rule has been outlawed across soccer because there was a world cup where basically every good team just kicked the ball, got one goal and then just kicked the ball back and forth between the goalie and the center backs and back and forth, back and forth. And the worldwide committee said, no, this is not cool. So basically now the rule is, your own team cannot kick the ball back to the goalie and the goalie then gets to pick up the ball. If they head it back or they chest it back or the opposing team kicks it to the goalie, the goalie can use his hands. But if it's a, if it's a controlled pass back to the goalie, the goalie cannot use the hands. So um, that huge change, um, this original away goal rule was, was to incentivize defensive teams on the road to, incentivize them to go play because then if they got a goal it was worth more than a regular goal at home so it's a it's a it's a i would say that it's an artifact from a different era um the european champions league outlawed um that rule yeah they don't have they just made it goals are goals they're they're hard enough to come by in soccer um but i mean you you could apply this idea of fairness across uh multiple sports call uh let me throw this back at you brian College football, you play with three teams. You play with offense, defense, and special teams. Is their overtime fair? Because there are no special teams. That's a good point. So no, there's not. So I mean, it's 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 one of those things where they're trying to find a way to get a winner. And you know, like mm-hmm. basketball. Let's go to basketball. Basketball has twelve uh, minute quarters, right? Um, yeah. Overtimes played with five minute quarters. Five minute turn yeah, periods, fair? which yeah, <laughs> I mean f- the five minute period incentivizes like f- football minutes, basically time out every other possession, basically. It's so exactly anyway, but um, yeah, it's totally fair. Home and home. I mean, nothing could be fairer. Um, well, what's fair about and it, it's what's fair about it is it's been done for a long time, and everybody knows that's the yeah, case. yeah, and I mean, and it's um, both teams are going to play. On Wednesday, on short rat, um, well, so the first game is Wednesday, the twenty seventh of April, um, and both teams have a game the weekend before, so they'll both have three or four days rest, um, and then the the following game is one week later on on the, on the following Wednesday, May the fourth. May the fourth be with you. Um, may the fourth be with the Sounders. <laughs> um, anyway, 
and they'll both be playing. Um, they, they both have the weekend before that off. So they'll, they'll both have a full week of rest. So it'll be very, very fair Rich to, I, um, to them. Speaking of fair, Rich, I noticed one thing that Matt and I complain about all the time is it's not fair that the Sounders have to play Sunday. Then they got to fly to Mexico on a Wednesday. And then they got to fly, fly back to America and play on another Sunday. Uh, it looks like the MLS has actually been helping out the Sounders in that they forced, I want to say it was the Minnesota game to be played later in the year. So that the Sounders yeah. got a full rest. Is that a new thing? Yeah. Um, it, uh, Major League Soccer has tried to do this um, if they can in the past. I wouldn't say it's a new thing. They did it um, in previous times when um, a Major League team has, um, a Major League Soccer team is has uh, made a big run. They did it for uh, LAFC a couple of years ago and for Toronto um, and a long time ago for Real Salt Lake and uh, Montreal. So, yeah. Um, and, and again, uh, to make Matt happy, the Sounders and Major League Soccer worked it out so that the Sounders will not miss any players on international duty because the Sounders have buys whenever there's an international tournament or a window where the players run away to go play for the national team. So that's just um, okay, something I, I, to, just to make Matt happy. <laughs> I, I have to ask again, I, I still understand leg one and leg two. I mean, I grew up watching the Sounders back in the late seventies, early eighties. I saw Pele play the Sounders back in the kingdom in the early, late seventies, mm-hmm. but I, I don't understand this leg one, leg two BS. I, can you, Please give me more. Lake one is going to be at the Pumas home field. They, they get to, they get a a shot to try to blow out the Sounders. I don't think they will, but they, that's their home field and they're going to try to go for it. I I assume. And then the Sounders get to host the the final leg and, and have the additional advantage of um, any extra time or penalties being on the, the Sounders home home field so it's think of it this way brian we're we're playing an extra long soccer match in two different stadiums a week apart you instead of a instead of it being a uh 190 minute match it's one 180 minute match all right i just uh i just think they should have like a best of three or best of five well i guess people like me you, you would have to ask them yourself uh best of three what what the the normal complaint about best of three is that usually um, usually a team gets uh, like it, this happens a lot in uh, uh, baseball, right? The team that's hottest at the end of the season uh, usually you know runs through the runs through the playoffs, and they get disincentivized with um, you know by having one fewer game at home. Uh, seems like almost unfair, you know, shouldn't the better team have, uh, you know, the better team, shouldn't the better team have uh, equal access? I don't know. It, it's, it's a tough call. I mean, like, again, I go back to money. I, I brought this up uh, where each city gets the gate receipts. That is pretty egalitarian. That's pretty. Well, I'll, I'll give you, yeah. I'll give you another way to look at it, Brian. Think about okay. basketball at a college level, right? Yep. Basketball season, what does every league do, basically? It's home and home. Yep. You play everyone else in the league. You play once at your house. You play once at their house, right? I mean, that makes it fair. Same thing with the NBA. I mean, I know that NBA is like a curse word in Seattle these days. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, it's not a fair considered a fair season if, both, you know, if, if each team doesn't get to have an equal number of, of home, home and road you know, um, games. Right. Um, and, and the, and the only, I mean, you look at the NBA, you know, fine, you know, playoffs and finals, they're all best, you know, now they're all best of seven, right. You play the same number home and away in those series until you get to the seventh game where the regular season comes into play. Right. But, but again, the regular season was perfectly fair because you played basically the, the same, the same schedule. You played everyone in your conference the same number of times. You played everyone in the other conference one, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, and so then that's, that's just, you know, about as fair as you can possibly get it. So. Hey, here's, an, here's another one you can look to. Uh, maybe, right. maybe soccer is a little bit fair, more fair because you're running off of aggregate scoring than something say like tennis in, in tennis, 
uh, you can you can take someone and you know win six uh, zero in the first game, uh, and then the next game you can just barely win it. And if you looked at it aggregate scoring, there's been plenty of tennis matches where the person didn't even win the most sets, won the entire match. You know, so it 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 it, it has its quirks, and um, you know I I. I I would actually, honestly, I'd rather see it at a neutral neutral site game, to be honest. But um. uh, th- there's a practical reason why they don't do it at a neutral site. Um, in uh, in basically every confederation other than Europe. Hmm, why? First of all, the European one is way older and more popular. Okay, the, the the European the European Champions League final will probably be the most watched soccer game outside of. Um, a World Cup. I, I'm um, confused. I'm confused because the final match for, uh, you know, like UEFA is at a neutral site. Yeah, yeah. UEFA is for UEFA is the European Confederation. Um, UEFA is the only of the only one of the confederations that does a, a final at a neutral site. Um, and the reason oh, okay. they do it is that Europe is very very compact. It's very wealthy, and there's tons of cities that have big, big soccer stadiums that can host these huge events, right? Um, and I mean, you look at Asia; it's it's impractical to host a, a, a final in Asia. I mean, is it too big? Same thing with Africa; it's a very, very large continent, um, and 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 relatively poor. They've they've tried doing it in, in other places, and so um basically what all the other confederations do is they just do a home and home series um for um you know for the final it's just a matter of practicality all right we got a couple more questions before we're going to sign off for the night here um okay mine is about the lafc uh game Mm -hmm. and my god i could not stand the announcers is it me like am i just taking this personally as a seattle fan like it sounded like they really wanted LAFC to win. And like this yeah. does this. And it's just, it's gross so, to me when you listen to a national broadcast. I mean, LAFC right now is, is still kind of the hot flavor of, of the moment um, in major league soccer, because, um, you know, they had Bob Bradley for the first few years and now they have, I'm trying to think who the new coach is. Um, Oh, he's a former national team player. Um, Gooch um, is his nickname. Anyway, um, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, but they're, you know, they're the black and gold and, and they're, they're, they're cooler than LA Galaxy, even though Galaxy have, you know, won five championships, right? And have Chicharito, who is the biggest star they're owned by in Noir Major League Garcia Soccer. Para. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they have all the celebrity owners, right? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there has been no more promoted team in Major League Soccer than LAFC since LAFC came to Major League Soccer. Um, you know, Atlanta uh, looks like they have more problems than, than maybe LAFC. But I mean, as a reminder, yeah, all of these guys are in. Um, I mean, the league's mandate is to, to promote the LA and New York teams. Um and I mean, I'll, I'll just say this to be fair for, for the, so far in their life, LAFC has been pretty good. They did miss the, the way, playoffs once. I, but, I, um, I apologize. I made a mistake. I meant to say NYFC. Oh, NYFC. Yeah. Okay. But My it's the bad. same thing. You're still talking about. It's, it's still the announcers. It's the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so NYFC actually, um, you know, they had one really bad year, the very first year. And since then they, they've actually been really excellent. Um, they actually have the most um, points um, in soccer. Um, not goals, but, you know, points that you get from ties and, and wins um, in the time that they've been in the league, um, even more than the Sounders. Um, and so NYFC have um, a little bit of cash. They are the defending MLS Cup champions. So there is that. But there's also, of course, um, along with the LAFC thing, um, but they also have, you know, they're, they're owned by the City Football Group, who owns Manchester City, as well as a bunch of other uh, soccer clubs across the world um and um i mean nyfc is also co-owned by the yankees uh through the yes network that's why they play in yankee stadium that's part of it i mean um but 
because there was a Yankees game to when it was yesterday. Um, they couldn't play in Yankees stadium. Um, they had to play in at, 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 at the Arch Rifles home stadium, uh, Red Bull Arena oh, no, 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 um, no, no, no. in actually, Harrison, New Jersey. Actually, they said it on the radio broadcast because I switched it over to Casey Keller because um, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand the regular one. They said it was because uh, uh, Yankee Stadium's not up to the standards. It's too thin for. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a, it's not a regulation field. Yeah, uh, for for a continental championship. Um, so, and, and it's, and it's true. It's, it's within the, the, the general rules of the game, but it's not within the, the continental or, um, world cup, um, international soccer standards, basically. Um, it's too, it's too short and too narrow. Oh, okay. I, I got one last question for you. I have like 20 questions for you, but I know we're it's fine. Sh- short on time. How's Jordan Morris looking? He's my favorite player. How's he looking? Jordan Morris looks healthy. Jordan Morris looks good. Jordan Morris is not back yet. Okay. Why is that? Um, it's it's actually a shorter period of time that he had um, bef- from when he blew out his knee, the other knee, um, when he was in England on um, you know uh, playing for uh, Swansea. Um, and then if you'll recall, he actually made it back in time to play a, um, a couple games in the regular season and then in the playoffs and, um, in the playoffs, he went like almost the entire game. Remember we went to extra time. We played not full 90 minutes. He played that full thing. He, he played well into extra time. I want to say he played like 115 out of 120 minutes or something, something ridiculous on, on for a guy who in um, January had blown out his knee. And this is in November. He was, he was playing that long. So he had actually a proportionally shorter recovery time compared to the previous one where he hurt himself in February and wasn't back actually on the field in a competitive game uh, until uh, like late March. So uh, he had almost, a, you know, he had a little, a little more than a full year to, to recover the first time. So he, he's a little bit rusty. Um, his technical skills look really, really good. What we haven't seen is the full burst. And I don't think that it's not there. I think that he's not quite confident yet in his body um, about it. And so he just hasn't, you know, um, he hasn't done the full burst where he just runs right by a guy, right? Where he just says, okay, here come the afterburners. Goodbye. But um, other positives, he is just as strong. He looks just as strong physically as he has, he, as he ever has. He was muscling guys off the ball. Um, he scored a couple of really ugly goals that were really just pure strength. Um, one where he was on the ground and basically just muscled it in while he was on the ground uh, past the goalkeeper from point blank range. So um, I think Jordan Morris is, is, is probably back to about 85% um, of where he is. Um, his intelligence looks like it's there. Like it's just, uh, he's not quite fully fit. He's not quite fully, um, you know, back on, um, on, 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 on full track. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very yeah. much for joining us today, Rich. And thank you, Brian, for joining us. Yes. As well. And somewhere out there is Rob English out in the ether, still stewing over Matt, uh, uh, poking at him. Uh, but we have run, <laughs> we've run to the end of our show for this week. And, uh, my name is April. Oh, wait, now we should, we got to do shout outs. Actually. I forgot about that. Um, let's go ahead and do shout outs. I'll start first. And this shout out is for, uh, Keith Pankow. He operates the podcast, that all may be edified. I was a guest on it this week. And uh, check out his podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, all right. Over to you, Rich. Shout out. Um, I, I'd like to give a shout out to um, the greedy billionaires and the and the, um, the players union for the Major Leagues uh, Baseball that um, they at least came to some sort of evil compromise. <laughs> and we do have baseball um, and a, a very small modicum of hope for our um, cellar dweller Mariners. Um, so yes. <laughs> All right. Over to you, Brian. Uh, my shout out real quick is to Daniel Kramer of MLB.com. He shared my tweet last weekend of one, the one and only Noel de Marte. He's like the second, well, actually he's number one prospect. Now the Mariners, he crushed one at Funko field in Everett that went over left field onto the, 
the roof beyond and I got almost over we got we had Saturday Sports Chain got almost over twelve thousand views. So wow, that's awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, and, you gave me credit. Not like and he credited somebody you, else. unlike somebody from the athletic. That's, that's yeah, awesome. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who blocked you, right? Um, <laughs> well pretty much. Chump. Uh, yep. <laughs> on, on behalf of that damn dirty duck Matt Page, the Soul Kelsiak, Rob English, Richard the Ram Michelson, and Brian the Soul Soul Man Solak. My name is Abraham Deuce. This is Seattle Sports Union. Check us out on seattlesportsunion.com. As well, check us out on Twitter at Seattle Sports U and all of our great podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. And we'll see you guys next week.